Where's it going, Rudy? I'm in the goddamn club, aren't I? I am Matt Kelly, is joined by always by my sidekicks, <laughs> co-hosts, stumbling over words, Adam and Scott, and fuck Skype. We're yeah, gonna Skype talk- is a real piece of shit today. <laughs> we're going to talk Getting about... Getting a zero out of five stars. God damn it. Okay, so we're going to talk about Ganjin Hess, and we're going to do it relatively quickly, because I got places to be, and also there's not much to talk about this movie, which is weird, because it's almost two hours long. So oh and one of us, and one of us just didn't watch it, too. Yeah. So. Well, and the uh, the other, and one of the two of us that did watch it is terrified that he's going to be called a racist. Which I'm not gonna say anything racist. I just feel like with black exploitation, like God, this is gonna sound awkward just to say, but like they're not made for for me. Like the like I am not the demograph like the the key demograph that they're aiming for when they make a black exploitation movie is not like, hey, this thirty year old white dude in the suburbs is gonna love the fuck out of this movie. Well, who who is black exploitation even fucking for? I mean, do black people watch it? I would think that'd be super fucking offensive to black people. I thought the whole point. Well, I thought that there was like two schools of black exploitation. One is, I guess it's, it would technically be divided into four, but like. I think that one large subset of it is made by white people for black people in the 70s. And then there was a bunch that was made by white or black people for white people. I mean, it was kind of like cultural appropriation before that was a term. That's what I thought it was. I don't know. But um, I don't even think that this movie is really a black exploitation movie, honestly, because it's not like them doing. Gratuitous or embarrassing or overly like African culture things. It doesn't have like I don't hate black exploitation. There's a lot of black exploitation films and black specifically uh, satire of black exploitation. Like I'm going to get you, sucker, and um, black dynamite and black dynamite. I think are are brilliant movies, and those movies actually encapsulate what I consider black exploitation more than Ganja and Hess does. Um, because I think of like Blackula when I think of like, now that's a, like that's a black exploitation movie or shaft or, or yeah. those movies that have that, that very gritty filmmaking and, and they're a little over the top, but they, you know, they're still kind of pushing a, a, a purpose. And like, I don't like, so there's two cuts of this movie. I want to start. There. Shit! Did I watch the long one? There's a director's cut that was put out on DVD. That's uh, put out on DVD. That's almost two hours long. The theatric cut was seventy minutes long. Oh, why didn't I watch oh, that version? Shit. I think. Oh my god! But if you watch, if you watch that DVD version, knowing that you can tell where the new footage is because it's really grainy and like does not like it looks sound as shit too yeah it's really bad i noticed that and when you think about those scenes none of them are necessary like this movie probably would have been a pretty solid 70 minute movie it wouldn't have been like a great movie that i would have watched a million times and praised but it would have been like oh that was kind of strange and kind of weird instead we have this two hour long movie that literally has a 20 minute church service sequence at the end of the movie and, like, I'm not making that up. Like, you watch a full fucking church service in this movie. <laughs> so happy that I didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and what's even more confusing to me is, did you know that they remade this movie? What? Why? Spike Lee just oh. remade this movie. It's the film that he funded on Kickstarter last year. This explains was, a lot. Was to do a shot-by-shot remake of Ganja and Hess. This movie is nowhere near good enough to be remade by anyone. But it has not. Well, 
I don't know. The Wikipedia page has almost nothing on it. And for reception, it just says it received positive reviews. And then it's got, like, links to, like, six websites. (laughs) Well, we just just aren't the audience for this. I mean, I feel like when Scott said that there's different schools of black black exploitation, this is definitely the for black people by black people. And we just, I guess we're just missing it. Like, I don't know. I mean, maybe, but I also think that this is more... Just a time capsule to the seventies. I don't really think that there's much to be had by watching it. I mean, in 2015, because it's it's. I mean, maybe if Cragshot, the guy who picked it and then decided not to be part of Horror Club anymore, would have been on the podcast to explain to us why he thought this was an important film to watch, I I could change my mind. But honestly, I want that two hours of my life back. More really, I fast forwarded through a little bit of it, so it was more like an hour and a half of my life. Because I, I don't need a church service, but still, it's just not a good film. There's nothing valuable in this movie. Well, I, I feel bad. Well, here's I have a theory on why this movie was picked because of that Spike Lee thing, which I'm wondering if because there are people who have picked movies that they haven't seen yet. You know what oh, I mean? okay. That yeah. I'm wondering if he was like, well, why is Spike Lee remaking this movie? And but he's he, also 50. Yeah. So he probably saw it in, when it was new. We don't know that he's fifty, do we? He said so in another comment because I went to go. Okay. <laughs> I went to see what, where he's been, and like he hasn't been on Reddit for a week or whatever. But his second to last comment, and this is totally not creepy for me to even say, because not like I went through pages of his posts. Like the second to last comment that he made said that he's fifty years old. Okay. So, well, and that, but see, and that's why I wish he was. I, and I don't want this to be. I mean, yes, we all get upset when someone like gets into the group and then kind of ghosts right away. But, like, I I wish that he was on this episode because, again, at his age, then, he could have seen this in the theaters. He could have had yeah. more of an insight on the historical value of it. Um, but, f- frankly, the Internet's not giving me a touch. Like, Wikipedia and IMDb are where I usually go to kind of find out cultural significance to stuff. And mm-hmm. all IMDb told me was that Spike Lee remade this movie, and all Wikipedia told me was that it got positive reviews. And, like, that's the extent of the information that I was able to dig up from, like, my two quote-unquote sources. Um, I, I think that there there are a few things, though, that I want to say positively about, and it's not about Ganjin Hess, per se, but, but 70 Cinema, is that there are moments in this movie that remind me of the little things that I do like in 70s cinema. Uh, specifically, I really, really love low-budget 70s blood, where it's just this Oh, super, the stuff that's, like, yeah, super red. Yeah, like, that super red. Like, I've always loved that blood, and, like, there is a few scenes with that where I'm just like, man, I do, like, I wish that would come back, or someone would make an homage to these movies, because I... I like the way that that red looks on film. See, I'm the exact opposite. I absolutely hate the super cornstarchy red because it looks like – it's gross because it doesn't look like blood. It looks like jelly or something that you would normally be eating, but then it's coming out of a zombie or it's – you know, you're – you just got stabbed in the chest and it's coming out of your mouth or something if, like that. If, and I just – I can't handle it. See, and I if like – your- if you're bleeding that blood, you have severe fucking health problems. <laughs> Which I'm fine, but see, but that's the thing. Like, it's not. I, I don't think it works in everything. I think it's a very specific. Like, you you have to. It, it's kind of like the idea of um, in the in the 30s and and you know before color became a normal thing, color was always used in movies to represent that you are in a fantasy world, like to separate it from a real movie to a fantasy world. That's the whole point of like the color, the, you know, the big color change in wizard of Oz is not just like a, Hey, check it out. We went from black and white to color, but that was kind of what color stock was used for was for these epic fantasy worlds. So like, I like the idea of these bright red colors in these horror movies. Cause that would have been around that time period of being like, Hey, we're just having fun. You know what I mean? Like this isn't, this isn't real. This is a reminder. That this is like fun. Which is why, like stuff like Psycho, and and Night Living Dead, are so interesting because they chose to go the opposite route and make them black and white and be like, no, this is fucking real. Like you deal with this shit. 
Uh, is that truly why it was black and white, or was it black and white just because that was cheaper stock then? Uh, I mean, Alfred, Hitch- Alfred Hitchcock made Psycho for black and white, while a no-name filmmaker the same year made a slasher movie called Peeping Tom in color. Um, oh, okay. Well, I mean, I was just asking. I don't. <laughs> and I, I think I, yeah, Wizard of Oz is really is really the only um, example I can think of of that. What else is like? Oh, the, we're. This, I I can't pull them out the top of my head. I just remember this was a thing that we learned in film class because at the time it was so expensive to use color, especially during like the '30s into like the '50s, and by the '60s it became the norm to do things in color. But because more movies were based in a wanted to be based in a reality than movies that wanted to be based in a fantasy, they saved that color stock for like the big epics or for the big fantasy stories. Hey, Scott, you get a load, uh, a load of this fucking film nerd over here. <laughs> Are, you- <laughs> Are you surprised? I mean, seriously. No, I'm not. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, <laughs> I wanted to say something about the color scheme in this movie. Um, Megan, I was sitting on the couch next to her watching this, and she was watching Friends, I'm sure, um, on the TV. And so uh, I had my headphones in, and I was watching this. And she'd like look over every I don't know, 10, 15 minutes and be like, you still watching that porn? I'm like, it's not porn. It's It's just like a really bad 70s horror movie with, like, with vampires. And she was like, ugh. But but she said at the end she was like, "Are you noti- Did you notice that there were, um, that there were like color schemes in some of the rooms and some of the scenes where the chick and because she had, wasn't paying attention to it, but she would see that that um, Ganja was like wearing all white and they were in white rooms and and they were all smiley and then after he turned her and she became a vampire, um, she wasn't wearing white anymore. I guess." Um, I didn't really notice it myself. I don't know if that's an intentional or unintentional thing, but also she's an art major. Uh, she was an art major in college, and so she notices that kind of stuff. And um, it might have been an like an like an over the top intentional type type thing to kind of like point out the um, purity of a character before they were turned. But I don't know if that quite makes a whole lot of sense because Hess wears a lot of white shirts and things like that. Um, but also before he kills that other guy who stabs him in the chest for no fucking reason, by the way, um, he, uh, he's wearing white and I don't, I didn't notice if he wears a lot of white after the fact. So, um, maybe maybe that's him trying to hide his impurity. So I think that we're definitely putting a lot of thought into a movie that didn't have as much thought put into it. As <laughs> no, definitely not. So, so here's a comparison uh, for the difference between Scott's life and my life. Scott watched this movie with his wife next to him. <laughs> what, did you watch it with your wife Fu next to you? <laughs> no, I, I watched this with my roommate's girlfriend. <laughs> oh, man. He, he was at work and she was staying over. So I was like, "Hey, I gotta watch this thing for a podcast," and she's like, "All right, whatever." And like, so she, how creeped out was she by the extensive sex scenes in this film that you watched <laughs> together? <laughs> um, so that's actually—I'll admit this much: there was nothing going on in this movie. Like, I was about forty-five minutes in this movie, and I'm like, "Look, I gotta go let a dog out." I'm, I'm like, I, I, like, I was like, I'm going to leave. I'm only going to miss like 10, 15 minutes of this movie. I doubt I'm going to miss anything interesting. And then I came back in and she was just like, this movie's fucked up. Like, that's all she said to me. So I don't know if that's maybe what I left her with. But, um, because I don't remember that many extensive sex scenes. Uh, but I do know that we couldn't figure out what was, like, this movie doesn't follow vampire mythology, correct? Like, because he's in fucking daylight, he's walking around church. Like, it didn't seem like it. But fo- then, why? Why is it? If it doesn't follow regular vampire mythology, then why is it that he goes to the church, has his driver or whatever, um, sort of rebaptize him, and then he's just allowed to die? Yeah, it, it's really the the mythology of this film sucks. I mean, if if there's one thing that I like, it's like wor- it's world building um, and and monster mythology in in films. And so when it's so bad and so dismissive of a monster mythology, like 
at least have it be somewhat immersive. And, and I really didn't like that about this film. Well, I mean, and compare it to the other famous 70s exploitation vampire movie, Blackula is a ton more fun, and it sticks with the, the original mythology through and through. But well, it, and I, I'm fine if the mythology is divergent but from But it has to be well thought out. Yeah, exactly, and nothing about this movie was thought out. I feel like – and also, I don't know if you noticed, but everybody was just riffing. There were no fucking – scripts for this movie there was there's some shots that in in a well-made it it sucks because i feel like if it was a movie i liked then this shot's brilliant but it's a movie i don't like so the shot's stupid if that makes any sense (laughs) yeah it's just wasted it's wasted on a bad movie but that scene where there's like a whole conversation that goes on where the camera's just focused on the noose that's hanging in the from the characters. <sighs> you know what I mean? But you put that in like a good, tense, interesting movie where you're building towards like this, like someone's about to hang themselves. Like you're building towards that tension, and it's an awesome moment. But I in also this, think that it needs to be a bit shorter. <laughs> yeah, no, it it is like a six minute static shot of a noose with a conversation going on. And oh, it's uh, bad editing. Hey, hey, I- I've been gone 15 minutes. What did I miss? Oh, they just showed the entirety of a brisk. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, I I mean, there's not much more to say. I'm really afraid that, as as is the case when we really dislike a movie, everyone else in this group is going to love this movie. And that's fine. Like, I'm not going to fault people who like this movie. But I also think that since it's not available on instant watch, no one's going to watch this movie. Yeah, so. this might this might rival um, Alligator. <laughs> no, Alligator had like fifty comments. Yeah, no. that's a good discussion. This is going to be another popcorn. Oh. That's what I popcorn was. What Ooh. I was remembering. Well, I was talking about this round. I think Alligator's still the least discussed this round. Well, just wait because my my pick is coming up next, right? Dude, your pick's gonna be even yeah. if it's your pick's gonna be fine. I'm going to I'm going to make like thirty comments myself. <laughs> I have fifty different relevant metal songs for you, <laughs> and and yours isn't next. Well, well, te- we'll g- <laughs> yes, yeah, sort of the next week's is yours, and then your real one is the following week. <laughs> um, let me bang this out real quick. If you want a good, uh, you know, sort of piece about racial inequality and all that, watch Night of the Living Dead. If you want a good 70s movie, watch Badlands. And if you want a good a movie that has cool color schemes, watch The Cook, The Thief, The Wife, and Her Lover. Just don't watch <laughs> yeah. the fucking movie. There's no Let's reason. not watch The Wife, The Thief, uh, The <laughs> Cook, The Thief, The Wife, and Her Lover again. Please. No, you shut your mouth. Everyone watch that movie. Go watch it. Everybody already did. Actually, Dude, they stroke your ego so hard. He so, so Adam brought this up, and I do want to throw this out there, that it is really a shame that this is the only other movie – for Dwayne Jones uh, to be the lead in because he's fantastic in Night of the Living Dead. Like, he's really fucking good in Night of the Living Dead. And yeah, I, it's a bummer, but that guy It might be a directorial movie. issue. Yeah, because... And I also, mean, there's no script in this movie. Yeah. It, it is like because the proto-found footage movie. His character is so powerful in that original Night of the Living Dead movie. And, like, every line of delivery comes from, like, a very real place that you would expect... A movie like this that is, at least I would hope, trying to say something. I mean, aimlessly or without script. They have to have been trying to say something. I don't know what, because I, it, again, I missed whatever they were trying to it, say. It sounds like it thinks it is, but just completely misses the fucking mark. And it's definitely lacked the good funk music that I look forward to in a black exploitation <laughs> movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I don't, I have no other thoughts. Uh, I know Adam didn't watch this movie, and Scott has no other thoughts. Nah, that's it. All right, so let's talk about uh, what we watched and then wrap up. I'll start because mine isn't going to be nearly as um, involved oh, as Adam's. Yeah, we got to save Adam's for last. Clearly, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, while Adam had some technical difficulties before we started, so Matt and I were talking about Terror Vision, which he loves, and I finally watched, and I want that hour and a half back because I didn't like it. Um, I watched Witching. If you had to watch Ganjin Hess again or Terror Vision again, 
like what a bullet, shitty fucking choice. Like, honestly, I'd, I'd rather watch neither again. So you take Eurovision the is on the same level as Ganjin has. Oh, as that far is as... bullshit, and you know. Sorry, sorry. No, so it's you want to get punched? You want to get punched in your left eye or your right <laughs> eye? <laughs> Seriously, like the Terravision has no redeeming value in my mind. Well, I know what we're watching next round for my pick. <laughs> Terravision is the one with John Ritter, isn't it? No, no, no. no. That's You're a thinking good of Stay that's... Tuned, and that movie's a masterpiece. Yeah, that movie's fantastic. <laughs> what? What Terravision? It's about an alien that lives in a television. Oh, set. yeah. That comes, all right, and they've and got the punk. Cool. They got the punk. Yeah. There's the one punk and the one the one um, uh, Cindy Lauper girl who used to be or who was the exchange student in Better Off Dead. Matt and I are talking about that and how she looks much better as a Cindy Lauper ripoff than as a, um, a fake French girl. Fake French. Yeah, so, <laughs> such a terrible French accent by the way um but better off dead is a great movie i much would i would much rather watch that instead of terrorvision if you gave me the, the choice between the two i'd obviously pick better off dead uh it also has a much better theme song because the terrorvision theme oh, song no. is shit no the terrorvision song is awesome it sounds like it's the b-52s it might sound good but the the vocals are terrible terrorvision <laughs> I watched it less than four hours ago. I remember it. I heard it on the radio. <laughs> I uh, I trust Scott's opinion a little bit more than I trust. <laughs> okay, um, so I watched Witching and Bitching yesterday. It's on Instant Watch. It's a Spanish witch movie, and um, it's not terrible it's a little bit self-indulgent and long but um it's pretty pretty entertaining um somebody on our horror actually suggested it to me and i like it uh, i liked it yeah. um, have actually been talking about that like rue morgue and all that shit they said that's a great movie i don't know I've never i don't know if i'd say great because it's still a very spanish film and spanish humor i took three years of spanish in, in high school and i uh so i i was I spent my freshman through junior year of high school um, kind of immersed in like tabloids and, and, and comedies from Spain and their humor is very strange. Like there are two, I'm pretty sure that two of the witches are guys dressed up as women and they must be somebody famous. They must be famous or like famous comedians because they're, I don't know, I honestly don't know why they're in it um, except for the fact that they're they must be famous people, but that's kind of a Spanish thing. But the movie is pretty good. The um, the fe- young female witch um, is has a sidebald haircut, um, and I hate those. But she actually pulls it off. That's the only the only comment that I can really say about it. But um, it's a pretty entertaining movie. I also I I took the last four days off of work or two days, and then the weekend, and so I watched a bunch of horror. Um, I watched. Uh, Oh, God damn. Um, I, oh, I rewatched Fido for, for next week's pick, and I just have nothing but great things to say about that. And I rewatched. Um, oh, God damn. Um, oh, I started rewatching um, the original Fright Night for our, for our discussion. Right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm way ahead. Sorry, I, I forgot that most of the stuff I picked to watch this. I love, love the original Fright Night. And I really I, like I also, the remake. I'm going to watch the remake for our discussion too. They're both good. The remake has a lot of really cool shots. So you're gonna you're gonna watch the remake, and there's this one shot where they're driving in their SUV, and they do this crazy thing with the camera. You're you're gonna like it. It's good. Well, and the All other right. the other thing I'll say real quick about the remake of Fright Night because I I have been very vocal for probably two or three years now that I think the Fright Night remake is like to me. That is the movie to watch to see how to properly remake a, a well-liked movie. Like, it adds new things, it, it recreates a couple moments, and it follows the story, but it feels just as much like a Fright Night sequel as it does a remake. Um, Wait, have you guys watched the, the Fright Night remake that they made in, like, Argentina or whatever after they remade it? No. It's no? Fright Night what? 2 from oh, 2013 like, or whatever. I hear it's and- probably terrible. No, no, it's not probably terrible. It is like a shot, a shot for shot Romanian. I'm sorry, I was wrong earlier, but it's a Romanian remake of a remake that calls itself a sequel. I almost want to watch it, I, <laughs> but probably not. <laughs> I don't have that much free time in my life. All right, so the stuff that I watched this week, um, 
I got a. <laughs> so I, I am now officially uh, a sellout, and <laughs> now Scream Factory sends me review copies. But wait, uh, you weren't a sellout before when you were when you got um, that SoundCloud. That's <laughs> yeah. true. Look at the fake board show on SoundCloud. Yeah, even more so. <laughs> But, uh, so they've been sending me stuff to review, so I finally saw the, well, not finally, it wasn't really that good, but I saw the Robert England Phantom of the Opera from 1989. Oh my god. And it's, whatever. Like, it's, <laughs> it's not, uh, anything to write home about. Um. It's, it's no Phantom of the Paradise. It's no Phantom of the Paradise. <laughs> uh, but for, like, the last year... They've been sending Blu-rays to Jonathan at Geekscape, and he has no interest in these movies at all. So he mailed me the entire box of all the stuff that they had sent him over the last year. Uh, so I've been just rocking through that shit. Um, so there was Dolls on Blu-ray. Damn, I'm jealous of your life. Motel Hell on Blu-ray. Uh, Slumber Party Massacre Blu-ray, which yes. might, might be given to a guy that's on the phone call for buying me the triple pack a while back. Yes! Um, Wait, I don't have a Blu-ray player. Shit. I got mine for $30. <laughs> like, I, don't, I, I have nothing to plug it into. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, give it to Adam. All right. Uh, but then I got... So then the movies that I've watched for the first time that I had never seen until these uh, this delivery came in was I watched Evil Speak uh, starring Clint Howard. Which is not a good movie. <laughs> it's got a couple interesting moments, but it's got a dog being killed, which is always a big negative for me in most movies. Um, uh, talking about a dog being killed, can we kill that? <laughs> they're upstairs. I, they're not my responsibility right now. Um, and this other movie called Without Warning that, that has it's like an alien movie, but it's it's really fucking weird. Uh, and then the last thing I wanted to throw out there that I watched is on Netflix. I kept hearing all this praise about a show called Black Mirror. Oh, uh, yes. So I watched the first two episodes of Black Mirror, and uh, I got I to gotta finish this show. <laughs> um, for That's those of you a, who, a Twilight Zone kind of anthology. Yeah, thing, it's, a, it's, it? a, it's, a, it's an – this is, this is no spoilers. Um, the first two episodes – it all the all the episodes are about um, technology and how technology is changing the way that we live in like horrible horrible ways. Um, oh my God, what is going on over there? <laughs> but the so the first story basically is about YouTube terrorism. <laughs> uh, people people holding someone hostage. And posting their demands on YouTube so that the entire world knows about the situation, and it forces the hands of the people in charge. And in this, in the first minute of this episode, they establish because it's all British. They establish that the princess has been kidnapped by this crazed dude in a mask, and he is going to kill her unless the prime minister has sex with a pig live on television. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, uh, and, and this is on YouTube, or uh, sorry, on Netflix. Eh? This is on Netflix, and it's that premise right off the bat sounds like, well, that's fucking stupid. It is the most intense and captivating forty-five minutes as you just watch this guy go through this emotional turmoil of being like, I either fuck this pig, and everyone will always know me as the dude who fucked a pig. Or I choose to not degrade myself, and I'll be known as the guy who allowed the princess to be murdered. And, like, him just kind of losing his mind trying to decide this. And that one's an interesting watch, but the second episode is one of the most incredible hours of science fiction I've ever seen in my life. Because it takes place in a dystopian world where... Everyone just lives in a single, like, 10 by 10 square that's big enough for a bed, and you're surrounded by four walls that are all virtual walls, and you can choose what the outside is that you want to see. And you are either a celebrity or you're a worker, which involves you pedaling a bicycle while playing a video game where you ride a bicycle, and that helps keep the town powered. And you gain merit points, which is, like, that form of currency. Or... If you're too fat to pedal a bike, you are uh, a source of ridicule and you just pick up everyone else's shit and they're allowed to like make fun of you and you can't do anything about it. Uh, but in this world, 
because you're surrounded by TV screens all the time, there's nonstop commercials, and it costs you a thousand merit points every time you want to skip a commercial. So it's all about how you're just being forced. Oh, we lost you. Oh, all right. Well, listen to the podcast. Uh, I will type to. Sorry. There's no problem. Scott, are you getting? Are you getting them? Yeah, I hear him. Anyway, yeah. Matt's Matt's jerked off to Black Mirror yeah, enough. But, Let's yeah, hear you talk watch, shit yeah, on Gone watch, Girl. Watch Black Mirror. Let's hear about Gone Girl. <laughs> I am so fucking mad that I even wasted my goddamn time watching Gone Girl. I'm so fucking angry. I mean, like, oh, okay, great movie, great script. It's all, like, everything's good about the movie. But the actual premise and the content of the movie, if you watch that shit, you will just fucking rage at the TV. Like, I've never been so fucking angry watching a movie. And it was like midnight when I watched it. I couldn't get to fucking sleep because I was so angry about watching this fucking movie. Like, just, ah, oh. I, I can't really go into it without spoiling it. But you're watching horrible people do horrible things to other horrible people for two and a half hours. It so feels wait, like it th- never ends. Are we talking about Gone Girl or are we talking about The Lost? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't get into this again. <laughs> get them all riled up. Oh. Dude, seriously, fucking, we need to talk about Kevin was happier and had more upbeat, uh, more upbeat premise than this fucking movie. I was so mad when I was down watching it. And they, Neil Patrick Harris is in this movie, and you just watch him get fucking abused so badly. Like, Ben Affleck gets abused, everyone just gets treated like fucking garbage, and the ending is bleak as all hell. <sighs> it's not worth it. It's not worth your fucking time and energy to sit down and watch it. It's, I, I'm, I, I can't imagine people who went and saw that movie in the theaters. I feel so bad for those people. <laughs> it's so depressing. <laughs> anyway, that's my Gone Girl rant. Fuck that movie. Fuck you, David Finch, you asshole. Fuck prick. Did you see anything else, or <laughs> just been uh, stewing on that? I've pretty pretty well just been stewing on that. I've been uh, reading Transmetropolitan. Metropolitan. All right. Yeah, I don't know what that is. It's, it's a comic. It's a oh, okay. comic from uh, Image, I think. I think it might that be. That sounds Image. like I think that's Image. The t- yeah. No, Asse- the- essentially, it's uh, Hunter S. Thompson in the future. <laughs> and it's it's cool as fuck. It's a really good read. Definitely check that out. Scott, get on that. I don't know, man. I'll try it. Uh, one last thing, as I'm sure everyone's already watching it, but I've fa- finally sat down and watched all the episodes of this final season of Parks and Recreation, and it's amazing. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you haven't watched Parks and Recreation before, you should watch all seven seasons in time for the uh, final episode on Tuesday. Don't you mean you should burn through the first season because it's not funny and then watch all in, watch and enjoy the other seasons? Yeah, you got it. You got to get through it, but it's it's not a fun ride for those first six episodes. Yeah. Um, all right. So in two weeks, we're going to be discussing House on Haunted Hill, the 1999 remake, because some asshole wanted us to watch it. <laughs> but in two weeks, we'll be discussing Fido, and here is the trailer for that. Good afternoon, boys and girls. So how many of you have ever had to kill a zombie? Well, not too many. What would we do without our zombies? <laughs> they take care of the odd jobs. Give me that. This is detail work. Flesh-eating maniacs need not apply. Do the housework. Oh, what is that zombie doing in my easy boy? Uh, and play with the kids. Nice catch, Fido. The names are zombie anyway. Mr. Theopolis has a name for his. I bet he does. Nicely done, Tammy. But for the sake of your neighbors, please keep them fed. Oh, jeez. That's Mrs. Henderson. We're in trouble. Is that blood on your zombie? It was a nosebleed. You stupid zombie. Families having to kill their own. Take Dee Dee's head off in a second if I had to. (laughs) 
<laughs> he always says that. Is that bad? Yes. My God. Hold on. I don't want you thinking. What we did is normal or okay in any way. I don't. Right out. So without my job, we'd all be dead. Then where would we be? Dead. Dead. That's right.
feel up to talking about what happened? Everything is just pieces, fragments. I couldn't tell you what was real or not. This type of assault, it's almost always carried out by someone who knows the victim. They say it gets better, but it doesn't. It never gets easy. I think you're the only one who understands. What have you been telling people about Peyton? Peyton! He was just right here. What have you been saying about my son? I don't know what you mean. Stop lying! I'm Detective Oler with the Richmond Police Department. There was a break-in in that area. I don't know anything about that. I saw you with your son. When I came back, she was talking to you. What was she saying? You need help, Esther, and it's not coming from me. I need names. Give them up. I would never hurt you. I found something that I felt I should tell you about. Who was she? Don't you see? 